Yeah, who would you rather fuck? Will's mum or Neil's sister? Oh, good. Well, leave it out. Will's mum. Don't join in, Neil. Neil's sister would have the tightest snatch, I guess. Leave it out. But Will's mum has got huge tits. They are amazing. Thanks, Neil. Although Neil's sister looks like she'd be better at sucking dick. Like father, like daughter. Oh, yeah. I could see her going at it like a dog eating hot chips. Shut up, Jay. I'd like to put my cock in them both. That's a touching sentiment. I'd be touching your mum's sentiment. That doesn't mean anything. It means I'd touch her bum hole with my cock. Nice one. I thought about it and I'd definitely rather fuck Will's mum. Oh, are you sure, Neil? What about your sister's tight snatch? No, totally sure. Well, that's good then. Hang on, slow down a minute, sorry. Bus wankers! <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? Bus wankers? I don't know, it just felt right. <laughs> you could see their little faces drop as they thought, we must be the bus wankers. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the British Television Invasion podcast. I don't even remember what episode this is, but we're covering A Night Out in London. My name is Sean. Hi, and my name's Laura, and we are not... Bus Bus Wankers! (laughs) (laughs) Although, actually, I do get the bus quite a bit, so I'm a bit of a bus wanker. Oh, yeah, see, in Kansas, uh, where I live, public transportation is not really a thing. Oh, really? We've got a 24-hour bus that goes outside our house, and the children love the bus, so we go on it quite often just for the thrill of going on the top deck. Yeah, see, we don't have... Uh, maybe if I lived closer to Kansas City itself, mm. uh, we would have some public transportation, but where I live, our bus system is called the Joe, because we live in Johnson County, so it's called the Joe. Right. And I don't know anybody that uses it. I have never driven past a bus stop and seen more than maybe one person waiting for it. So oh, that's shit. I, I do. I feel quite lucky where we are. Like you can't beat public transport in London. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, it's weird. So the city I live in, public transportation has always been such a divisive issue. Like they wanted to build a light rail system, right? And people just were like no not with my tax dollars (laughs) was it like that episode of simpsons with the monorail yeah except that the monorail (laughs) never got built and everybody just ran the guy hawking it out of town yeah i mean what do you do if you've been drinking then if your public transportation is is no good i mean uber or taxi yeah cab yeah Mm, that's shit drunk driving you know that's (laughs) a thing in kansas too yeah it's not it's not something that really goes on here because our public transport is so good. And how do children get to school if you've got no buses? Or are there school buses? Oh uh, Yeah, there's school buses. Right, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not we... like we force them to go in horse-drawn carriages or anything <laughs> like that. Because we don't really have school buses, but our children get public transport to school, so... In some cities, the public transportation is great. Like, Kansas City is kind of an outlier um, mm. just because people here hate public transportation for some reason. So odd. So odd. Who the fuck knows? Mm. So, uh, I hear you've had an interesting couple weeks. Yeah, I've had a shit few weeks. So, I can't even remember where I was last time I spoke to you. But I... So, I got, I've caught the flu, even though I had the flu jab. Um, and Like, literally, the last time we talked to each other was, like, <laughs> almost three weeks ago. Yeah, it was the 8th of December. I know that, because it's the date on the file that I've just put into my trash can in the on the computer. And... Um, yeah, so I had caught the flu even though I had the flu jab. And because I've got lupus, it's like an autoimmune thing. So you're more likely to get things and make your immune system fucked. 
So I caught the flu, I got an ear infection, my eardrum burst on the left side, it then sort of moved across to my tonsils, I got tonsillitis, and then it moved over to the right ear, and that eardrum perforated. I was in so much pain, um, my ear was bleeding, and then to top it all off, I had an impacted wisdom tooth on the side where the eardrum perforated, and it got to the point where I didn't know what the pain was, I didn't know if it was my ear, I didn't know if it was my tooth, but I literally was crying in pain. Uh, went to the dentist, he said the wisdom tooth was impacted and he couldn't remove it. I'd have to have surgery to remove it. 24 hours later, I was in so much pain. I had a fever of like 40.3 and I was in so much pain. I went back and they had to put it out and it cracked in my jaw. So they had to put it out in like four pieces and there were three dentists holding me down. It was awful. Oh my God. <laughs> It was dread it was the worst thing I've ever been through. And I've had two children without an epidural. I've had two children just on the gas and air. And I would rather do that than have another tooth wisdom tooth pulled out. It was just it was evil. They couldn't get to it. They had to use these like prong things that were massive and the anesthetic sort of worked, but obviously I was awake so I could see everything that was happening. Wow. Mm. Oh my god. Not to be recommended. So so since then, I've been on pretty hardcore antibiotics and actually, touch wood, I'm not feeling too bad. But the, when they pulled the wisdom tooth out, it had four abscesses on it. And the dentist said I was lucky I didn't get sepsis. And he said, perhaps this has been the problem all along. Perhaps your immune system has been fighting these abscesses and then that's why you caught all this stuff. So it's been pretty shit. I've not been at work. Christmas was a trial. I've not been able to drink. I didn't get to go on my antenatal group's night out. Um, I'm going out for a meal tonight and it's the first time I would have socially been anywhere in about eight weeks. Oh my god, wow, that mm. sounds crazy. Yeah, it's been horrible. But hey, oh I hear you've god. got a cold. <laughs> yeah. You, you've got a cold too. <laughs> yeah, boy, I'm just, I'm never gonna just complain about anything ever again. <laughs> I think it's just teeth, teeth problems are just really hard to solve, basically, is the problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I've been lucky in my life that I've never had a tooth pulled out until three weeks ago, two weeks ago, so. I have such a goddamn phobia about uh, teeth-related stuff, too. Mm, it's horrible. The dentist is horrible. I mean, there's a reason everybody hates it. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Ugh. And my mum has had a lot of problems with her wisdom tooth, teeth, and so has my sister. And they both warned me that if you're awake when they put it out, even if you're numb you'll be able to hear, like, the cracking of the tooth, and that was the worst bit. It was really horrible. Yeah, oh, God. Jesus. So, yeah, but I had stitches put in, and it's actually it's fine now. Like, I can't even... I can barely feel where it was. Oh, my God. Well, that's good. Yeah. Oof. So, hopefully a more healthy 2019, let's hope. Yeah, no kidding. What's been going on with uh, with you? Lots of baby preparation, I assume. Yeah, it's just... Honestly, it's just really been a lot of baby prep, baby prep, some more baby prep. And <laughs> this time of year is super busy in the eyeglass industry. Right, yeah. So uh, I've been working a lot between my 40-hour-a-week job and then my optical job. I've just been, like, busy, 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 and then, you know, prepping... For the baby to get here, just everything has just been so damn busy. And, and then, you, do you get paternity leave? Are you able to take some time off when the baby comes? Oh, Laura, Laura, 
You are so funny. <laughs> Paternity leave. Do you not get that? <laughs> no. Oh, that's no, shit. I don't. Uh, nothing, I can take... not even like a couple of days. Nope. So, wow. yeah. Yeah, see, you're funny. You're funny. But uh, what we did do, though, is I can't take up to two months of unpaid time to go bond with my child. So I'm going to be taking three weeks of um, bonding time. And I'm going to be taking two weeks of PTO, so I'll, two weeks of it will be paid, and then the last week, the third week, will be unpaid. That's not too bad. I mean, that's quite similar to here. So we get two weeks paid, and the second week is statutory, like sick pay. So it's not quite as much as your wages, but it's it's a livable amount of money. And then the discretion of where you work, you can have a further two weeks. So Phil had four weeks with Esther. Sadie was born in the summer holidays, and they let him have four weeks after the summer holidays. So... He, in essence, had 10 weeks with Sadie, which was great. But you need that. When the first baby, you need both parents there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think Nicole is getting something like two months, two months paid. And then, um, yeah, so we'll pretty much spend more or less the first month of our baby's life together so that'll be a lot of fun i yeah, can't wait for him to get here you need you need to all be together i think at that stage have you got a perfect prep machine is that a thing in america a what a perfect prep machine there because you're cause you're going to be formula feeding aren't you and it's like a machine that's a magic machine that makes the bottles and it's apparently all my friends that formula fed said it was like the best money they ever spent so i'm looking to see if it's available in america Wow, this thing looks sweet. I'm going to see if I can yeah, fucking find one of these. It's brilliant. I don't know. I don't want to talk about babies forever and ever, but... Uh, so, right, it's, it's just, a big thing. Having your first baby is a massive thing. Uh, it's just the craziest thing, though, is that the first seven months have just seemed to fly by, and then these last two months have just been, like, on and on and on. <laughs> uh, so... Anyway, we came to talk here about talk about the in-betweeners. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we haven't <laughs> talked in a while, so no, it's, no, it's exactly. okay. Yeah. So, so what did you think of this episode? Did you like it? Yeah, I did. You know, it, what's really funny is, so I I kind of binge-watched some of the U.S. in-betweeners, and I was actually surprised because this uh, a lot of the U.S. in-betweeners episodes are kind of um, amalgams of other episodes. Right, yeah. So, like, two or three episodes mixed together. This one was pretty much, like, beat for beat the exact same. Oh, really? It's interesting that you say that. and interesting that we liked it so much. Because in the script book, um, I think it's Ian. Is it Ian? Yeah, it's Ian Morris who's writing this. And he says that he didn't really like it. He thought it was a bit rambly. And originally, the script was huge and flabby. And he still thinks it's missing some of the best stuff. But actually, I think this really captures... I mean, I've had nights out like this. I think it really captures that kind of teenage trying to do something cool and failing massively. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I'll talk about it later. But I had—I only ever had pretty much one experience like this in my entire life. Okay, I look forward to hearing about it. Yeah, uh, it wasn't—it uh, wasn't that interesting. But <laughs> my friends and I decided to go to a club and. It was not really that entertaining. No, clubs are shit. We'll yeah, talk about yeah. that when we get to the club. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go ahead and read the whole 
Yeah, I can do. So, um, A Night Out in London. Uh, so this is by Ian Morris. I think one of the reasons for a long time that we only had five scripts was because we had put at least double the amount of words into this episode. We always write long and then edit and cut down to the good bits, but this episode was ridiculous at more than twice the length it needed to be. This was probably partly because we planned this as an open episode and we were trying really hard to make it as funny as possible. And partly because growing up in the outskirts of London, we both had many nights out in town with friends, so there was an enormous pool of stories to work from. The original draft was long, rambling and not especially good to be honest. The finished episode still feels to me a little short of the best stuff, but it did contain an actual shot of a pair of shoes that are Damon's and that he thinks are stylish, flippers, as well as the now familiar bus wankers scene. Bus wankers came from a friend of Damon's who, some 20 years ago, standing at a bus stop near Gravesend, was greeted with bus wankers yelled out of the window of a moving fiesta. It had always seemed almost perfect as an insult to us because it was so pointless and yet cutting and totally unfair. For the record, I hadn't owned a car for 10 years when we wrote this episode, and I still can still tell you the routes of at least 12 buses in London, the eight being my favourite. So if anyone's a bus wanker, it's me. <laughs> that's a really that's really interesting insight into this episode yeah definitely and i think for me as well growing up in similar places to these guys i, I can identify with these nights out yeah i was gonna ask is going to london like a teenage rite of passage in your area yeah so yeah it would be a big thing for the first time to go without your parents and like get the tube and go into london which you probably do when you're about 12 or 13 for the first time would public transportation, like the tube or a bus or something, would that be an option for the boys? Like, why do they seem so, like, hard up to drive Simon's shitty car to London? Yeah, I don't really understand that because I'm. Phil drives in London, but he's lived in more central London, and I don't know anyone really who would drive to London. And also, it means they can't drink if he's driving. It's very odd. I just think it's weird that they're, like, 17 and can drink. Yeah, I think it's odd that they... Yeah, I think it's just a way to get the car into the storyline. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm. I just was curious. Yeah. More than anything. Um, I definitely enjoyed this opening scene. Uh, It's the first scene, and they're all sitting around the commons room. Uh, Jay is, has a laptop and he's showing the infamous two girls, one cup video, which yes. I thought was very funny. And Will says in his voiceover that his old school, the day began with prayers followed by hymns and then an inspirational reading. But here it began with Jay showing me a pornographic video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this part really cracked me up. I remember in college in 2009, watching two girls, one cup was like, the big rite of passage that we all did. I've never seen it because my friend Dave saw it and he said to me, once you see it, you can never unsee it. So as you've not seen it, I recommend you keep it that way. So I've always avoided it. Yeah, there's no such thing as brain bleed. <laughs> yeah, so I'm unsullied by it because of that, that advice. Yeah, no, no. I, I actually think that that's great advice. Yeah, yeah. I, I took it on board and uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm never going to look. Yeah. Yeah, there's no need. It's it's not worth watching. No, and as Will says, is it possible to unsee things? And Simon says he doesn't like girls anymore after watching this video. <laughs> I just I, I love the running commentary of the the boys on this video because as soon as they were talking about it, I knew exactly exactly what they were watching. Yeah, and Will's appalled by this. He says you get a new laptop, and the first thing you did was find this. And Jay says it wasn't the first thing. This was the first thing. And he hits the keyboard and we see another porno. One of these random girls that's in the common area, she just turns and looks at the crew and she just says, you lot are such saddos. 
Will just gets really upset. He slams shut Jay's laptop and he's like, look, we can't carry on like this anymore. And rest of the crew is like, well, we're not sad cases. And Will's like trying to be the realist here, pointing out that they're kind of losers. <laughs> yeah. And Will says, you just got called a sad case. We've got to do something. Simon asks what? And Will says, carpe diem. Neil says, go fishing. And Will says, no, seize the day. Do something unexpected. Reinvent ourselves. Show the girls and everyone else who we really are. Um, but they can't really decide what they're going to reinvent themselves as, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, Will points out, you know, I don't know, literally anything, something cool. We could start going clubbing in London. And yeah. Simon says, oh, my dad would never let me drive to London. And Will just is, you know, he's a little annoyed here because <laughs> Simon's kind of shooting down his big moment and he says, you know, uh, thanks, Cy, that's the spirit. Neil says that they could, he could drive them because he just got a car last weekend. And Jay is like, what? You got a car? You haven't even passed your driver's test yet. And Neil says he has, but that nobody's ever asked. And that's why he's never mentioned it. Yeah, which is so Neil, such a Neil thing to say. Will says that he forgot that's how it works. We have to ask you every single thing that might have happened in case it did. And Jay says that it's brilliant because they're not going to have to go around in the bitchmobile anymore, meaning Simon's yellow car. <laughs> uh, Simon just says, oh, right, well, no more for li lists for you then. And Will says, what about what about it, Cy? You know, will you still come if you don't have to drive? And Simon says, it's not the driving I'm worried about. It's more that we won't go anywhere, won't get served, might get robbed, stabbed, or killed. Jay says, oh, that's bullshit. I go up to London all the time. And the boys are like you go to London? And he says, yeah, all the time. I went last weekend. Fuck some girl up there. <laughs> and um, Jay, Simon says, where was it? And Jay says it was in the Tower of London, which Will is incredulous about. He says, what did you do after you'd fucked her? Cut her head off, showed her the crown jewels. And Jay just says, yeah, she'd already seen the crown jewels. Thanks, my bell end. And uh, Will just sighs and says, brilliant. <laughs> I, I love that. She's already seen the crown jewels. Thanks, my bell end. And <laughs> I love that part. The Tower uh, just, of London, not a very sexy place. I'm going to say that. I know, but this this just encapsulates what I both love and just can't stand about Jay, which is just, he lies. His lies are so stupid and very easily disproven, but he just fucking commits to it. And always. Always. Yeah. Never cracks. No, he never cracks. He just commits to the lie even if the lie is easily disproven, it's everybody else's wrong. <laughs> we then cut to the corridor and Will in his voiceover says that reinventing ourselves as clubbers was a brilliant idea. Obviously, we wouldn't actually get in anywhere, but Simon could at least give it a go. And they're all walking towards the lunch hall. And Will is trying to persuade Simon to come along still. Uh, Will is saying, come on, please, Simon, please come. And Simon says, it'll be expensive, won't it? Don't some of those clubs charge 30 quid to get in? Have you ever been to a club that charges this much to get into? Yes, I have. I've been to the Ministry of Sound, um, which was shit. I think that's where maybe where they are. Um, yeah, I've been to a few clubs in London that charge that much. Never worth it. I'm just looking to see how much Ministry of Sound is. So to go on New Year's Eve is £65, which is insanity. To just go on a normal Saturday, 20 quid. Oof. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. It's sort of terrible, but it's I don't really want to pay that much and then have to pay for my drink. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's crazy. I used to go to GAY when I was about 20, 21, 
and that was always good because it wasn't too expensive and you didn't get hassled in there. I used to like going there. I, I totally understand, you know, why people go to clubs and, you know, I don't hate on anybody for wanting to do it, but like, holy Christ, that is a lot of, uh, as a lot of money to just yeah. spend on dancing. Yeah. Plus you got to buy drinks and yeah, exactly. You can see why people take drugs in there, frankly. Um, yeah. No kidding. Or pre-drink. Mm. And Jay says that he knows a bloke who runs all the doors, so he'll just slip us in. And Simon says, when that turns out to be bullshit, what are we going to do? And then from around the corner, we see Carly come into view, and she comes over to speak to Simon. Yeah, she wants to know how Simon's stomach is, and Simon looks embarrassed, and he says, oh, uh, I'm fine. And Carly just looks at her friend and says, Simon had really bad diarrhea over the weekend. Really bad. And Simon, desperate to change the subject into <laughs> kind of maybe look a little better, uh, says you know that they're going to Lon they're going up to London on Saturday clubbing and asks if she wants to go and Carly thinks that sounds fun she'd love to go and she wants to know what club they're going to yeah and he sort of looks despairingly across at Will Jay and Neil and he's like Spearmint Rhino and Neil says Spearmint Rhino and Carly says isn't that a strip club and Will sort of jumps in and says he's made a mistake we're going to go to one of the big ones one of the big cool ones right in the middle of London um. And Rachel says, oh, right, which one? And Will says, uh, the land of. And Simon says, the sound of. And then Carly says, we usually go to the Astoria. And Will says, well, that's exactly where we're going. Yes, the Astoria. How did you ever know? The Astoria, which is no longer there, unfortunately. It has been shut down. Aw. It's been uh, made. It's, I think it's been shut down for Crossrail. They're making. They're putting a train across it. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it was, a, it was a venue, a gig venue as well. It was quite nice. I saw a few bands there. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Neil asks uh, Carly if she wants to get a lift with him to the club. And Carly says, no, no, no. Uh, you know, we'll go up early. We're going to go shopping, check out some shops. But a lift back would be great, though. And Carly is with a girl named Rachel. And Rachel is kind of making these, like, weird eyes at Will. Yeah, he thinks it's on with her. And uh, and uh, Rachel says, well, you do you go clubbing a lot then? And Will's like, uh, yeah, of course. Dance on the podium, probably up by the speakers where it's, if anything, too loud. And Rachel says, see you there. And Will definitely thinks he's in with Rachel. Yeah, which is weird because watching this scene, I would have assumed the exact same thing. Yes, but she appears not to be later. Um, so Simon's really pleased that he's got this, you know, occasion to see Carly outside of school. And he says he's going on a date with Carly, which is not really true. Uh, Jay says, what did I tell you? London and Muff go hand in hand. And uh, Neil then turns to Will and says he thinks that he's in there too. And Neil says, uh, it's because she touched her hair. In body language speak, that means she wants you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this true? Do you think this is true? Like, is uh, Rachel giving Will the look here? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's not falling at his feet, but she's sort of flirting a bit, I think, in this scene. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Jay says, well, in London on Saturday, there'll be plenty of girls around me touching their hair. And Will just says, uh, their pubic hair, presumably. And Jay just says, no, they're, um, long. No, yeah, their pubic hair. <laughs> we then cut to the street by Neil's house. And Will in his voiceover says that Saturday rolled around and we were all incredibly excited about our night out in London. 
Rachel, an actual girl with a working face, had asked me if I was going. Simon had got to continue his stalking of Carly. Neil just liked being out in the open like a Labrador. And Jay was up for some more make-believe sex in tourist attraction. Maybe a handjob at Madame Tussle. Uh The voiceover continues and he says, Of course I had no idea uh, how we'd actually get into a club, but I wasn't taking any chances and I wore my smartest shoes. Something Simon did not do. And we see Will, Simon, and Jay walking down the street. And Will has on, like, uh, dress shoes, but the toe kind of has a little bit of a curve to it. And the shoes that he's wearing look like they're, like, six sizes too big for him. They're truly dreadful. They're the sort of shoes that you buy in Tesco's in a supermarket. And they're the sort of shoes that you see young teachers in, like male teachers, because they haven't got a lot of money when they first come into teaching. And they want a smart shoe, and they look like they do look like fucking flippers. Simon has on trainers, and you know, I like, I don't know, they look fine to me. Like, they look like they're good quality shoes. Yeah, you can't wear trainers in the club, though. Yeah, I guess I didn't know that. Or here, you can't, maybe you can over there, but yeah, no no shirt, no trousers, no, no, no shirt, and trainers, no service. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so they get up to Neil's house, and they see this. Um, you know, this nice looking car out in Neil's driveway and they're all like, holy shit. Uh, look at this car. It's and Jay is like, yeah, this car is shit hot. Will thinks Jay's only half right that it's just shit. (laughs) And, but then we also find out that the rubbish red Nova wasn't the main attraction at Neil's house. The, they ring the doorbell and an incredibly attractive woman opens the door. Yeah. She's wearing like a dressing gown with a negligee and a, cleavage is very much on display um she and the boys are all just struck down and they're like oh okay is this the first time we've seen her yeah we've never seen no sister before Um, okay because this was this was in the american in-betweeners and i just assumed that this was something that they added for the american show no no she's i don't think she ever appears again i think this is the only time we ever meet katie Just to show us her boobs, I think. Um, and she says that Neil's upstairs, and Simon's trying to make small talk with her, and he says, "Oh, how are things with you?" And Jay says, "Yeah, I feel like I haven't seen you in ages." And they're really struggling to not look at her boobs, and Katie just ignores them. Shouts upstairs, "Neil, your friends want to know if you're coming out to play," and <laughs> she just is completely, completely dismissive of them. Yeah, she and uh, Jay asks Katie if she'd like to go clubbing with them, and she just says, stop staring at my tits. <laughs> and uh, as she walks inside, Jay just looks back at the boys and just says, uh, she must be on the blob. <laughs> what a beautiful expression. Um, Neil comes down the stairs, and he says, what do you think of my car? And Jay says, it's like a tractor beam for Fanny. I love it. And Neil says, it's got a huge exhaust and a well smart body kit. My sister's boyfriend is helping me do it up. He's a mechanic. Uh, Simon says I, I love be, Simon's line right here. <laughs> it must be nice for your dad to have a man around the house. And Neil was like, what does that mean? And Jay says, it means does your dad suck him off? And Neil just says, no, as he always does in his rebuttal of his dad being gay. Will says, but I bet your sister does. And Neil says, no, well, I mean, she might do. And Simon <laughs> says, oh, she definitely does. <laughs> Jay is looking at the car still and he sees a nice Porsche engineering sticker. And Neil says, he put that on himself. It's got to be worth at least a hand job. And Simon wants to know, how fast does it go? And Neil says, uh, who knows? I haven't got it going yet. 
And Simon says, oh, so this is the first time you'll be able to drive, you've driven it? And Neil says, no, it doesn't work. It hasn't got an engine. Dave's still trying to find me one. <laughs> and Will says, I thought you were driving us up to London. And Neil says, yeah, so did I. And Simon says, so how are you planning to drive us up there without a car? And Neil says, well, I thought I was going to drive your car. But Simon says he's not insured to drive his car. And Will says, oh, sorry, Simon, you're going to have to drive us then. And Simon's really annoyed. He says, no, I said I wouldn't. My dad will go mental if he finds out I've driven to London. And they all sort of convince him that he, dad won't find out. It'll be fine. Jay says, and even if your dad does find out, you'll have too many fingers up Carly to actually care. <laughs> and Will just says, please, Simon. And Simon's just like, oh, Christ. Thanks a lot, Neil. And Neil says, you guys need to be clear about things, I reckon. And Simon just looks at Neil and says, oh, okay, is this clear enough? You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and uh, Jay says, calm down, I'll get some beers for the trip. And Simon says, but I can't drink. And Jay's just like, eh, of course you can't. It's just a saying. <laughs> and then we immediately go to the next scene and we see Jay stealing some beers from his uh, from the... Uh, refrigerator and then they head into the car and they are off to London drinking in the car. Yeah, um, Will in his voice says that Jay had liberated a few of his dad's lagers and we were off. The plan was simple get to London, get into a club and pull Carly and Rachel and return to school on Monday morning to find our credibility at an all time high. Yes, I said it was simple not realistic. In the meantime we could enjoy the enlightening conversation and Jay kicks off with, who would you rather fuck, Will's mum or Neil's sister? This scene is super funny. Just the way that Will reacts every time they talk about his mom and Neil reacts the same way every time uh, they talk about his sister. And then it's just, it's so funny just watching, you know, Will throw out comments about Neil's sister and then Neil just kind of rebutting with comments about Will's mom. This whole scene was Something really, about really the fucking way they're funny. All- Something about the way they're all crammed in the car makes it funnier as well. Like the comedy really works in the in the confined space of the car. Yeah, uh, just some highlights from this conversation. Jay thinks that Neil's sister would have a tighter snatch, but Will's mom <laughs> has bigger tits. Uh, Simon says Neil's sister looks like she'd be better at sucking dick. Will says, "Yeah, like father, like daughter." <laughs> I could see her going at it like a dog eating hot chips. <laughs> like a dog eating hot chips has got to be one of the grossest. I did like the grossest expressions for giving a blowjob that I've ever heard. Uh, I don't even know what hot chips are, but it just is. Uh, I I can envision enough in my head to just really <laughs> find this fucking funny. Like like big French fries, like chip shop chips. I think is uh, what he's driving at. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um. Neil says he would definitely rather fuck Will's mom, and Simon says, are you sure, Neil? What about your sis- t- your sister's tight snatch? And Neil says, nope, I'm good. I'm totally good. Um, and then we see something up ahead. Uh, it's a short queue of people waiting at a bus stop, and Jay asks Simon to slow down a bit. Uh, he wind- Jay winds down his window, and this is when he shouts the infamous bus wankers. And... As Jay kind of pulls himself back into the car, the boys are just laughing. They think this is just like the funniest fucking shit ever. They're just laughing hysterically at, you know, Jay yelling bus wankers at these at these poor people. They want to know where bus wankers came from. And Jay just says, oh, I don't know. It just felt right. <laughs> Will says, you could see their little faces drop as they thought, 
we must be the bus wankers. <laughs> and Simon is all very funny, but Simon then says he needs to pull over because he's uh, he needs a wee. And Simon says he can't pull over because there's a bus. It's in a bus lane. And um, Neil says he's desperate. Will says you're gonna have to hold it in because we're late enough. And he starts to wee into a can, which is pretty grim and I imagine would hurt and yeah it does start to hurt because he catches his foreskin on the the bit <laughs> the, the ring pull bit I've never in my entire life peed into a bottle a can anything like that well as a lady I, know... I obviously can't do it I've always been jealous of the fact that it is possible for a man to do ah uh, you know but don't be jealous about that it's uh... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, the thought of putting my head into a beer can just oh, makes me cringe. Yeah. Knowing how sharp that metal is, like, holy fuck. Yeah, Simon says you're going to get pissed on the floor, and Neil says, don't worry, it won't overflow. I've got my chaps on right in there, so I can't miss. No problemo. <laughs> and then he says, oh my god, it doesn't want to stop. He's like, pass me another can, I filled this one up. And he tries to get his penis out of it, but he catches the helmet and he says oh I've cut it on the can I think it's bleeding and Simon says fuck bleeding is it still pissing and Neil's just in pain saying it stings Will says do anyone want to swap seats with me and we see that the can is then thrown out of the car window and Will says so high on the smell of Neil's urine we headed for the bright lights of London oh my god this scene I was dying watching this for the first time I just thought this part was so funny just you know neil peeing in the can and then cutting himself just oh my god it this scene was perfect this scene was so funny i mean that feeling when you really need a wee is horrible and you can't imagine being that desperate that you might do it i couldn't even put myself into his shoes but <laughs> like goddamn, that part was so funny i've never been that desperate to pee that you know i when, would sink to those levels when i was pregnant with esther we went to Wales when I was quite heavily pregnant. I was about 36 weeks and 35 weeks maybe. And we were in a really bad traffic jam at somewhere near the border between England and Wales. And it was quite rural. And I had to get out in the traffic jam and go wee behind a bush. But then the traffic jam moved. So I had to sort of run up the embankment to get back to Phil and, and Sadie who were in the car. That's the most desperate I've ever been for a wee, but I was heavily pregnant at the time. Yeah, there was one time where I was driving from, I'm sure it was probably Kansas City to Colorado, and um, I was in, like, the middle of Kansas where there's nothing, and I had to pee really bad, and just, you know, I pulled over on the side of the road and was peeing on some farmer's barbed wire fence somewhere. <laughs> Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Oh, God, it's awful. <laughs> so we then um, cut to central London, and Will, in his voiceover, says, Look out, ladies, phase one was complete. We finally made it to London, and we even managed to see all of the sites because Simon got us totally fucking lost. And, and you know, I'm just going to defend Simon here. When I went to Chicago, I'm not used to driving in a city the size of Chicago, which I'm sure London and Chicago are very similarly <laughs> sized. And it's a fucking nightmare. Like, the streets are confusing. The fucking traffic is confusing. Like, you're in a place where you've never driven before. This was probably pre-everybody having a GPS, too. Yeah, so, yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't blame it for getting lost. I used to work in Stratford, uh, which is, like, where the Olympic Park is in London. 
and at the time I worked there during the Olympics and there was a lot of like roads were closed and it was all just a bit of a nightmare and as you say it was before everyone had reliable GPS and I got really lost and I ended up going through the Blackwall Tunnel ended up somewhere in South London just because there was nowhere to turn and I just had to keep driving and it was really it was terrifying like it, that happens a lot when you're driving in London so I agree with you that Simon it's not really Simon's fault and he probably didn't have an iPhone to help him out yeah and then in Chicago they have these fucking subterranean streets where there's no GPS signal oh, so you're just shit. like yeah you're just fucking on your own like <laughs> good luck buddy we rely so much now on our GPS's like I can't read a map I'd have no idea yeah I was trying to read my GPS to like <laughs> figure out where the hell i was going and i was like i don't know where i'm going right now nicole and so we just drove around in circles until we could get back to a surface street and then (laughs) we got gps signal again until you got into the middle of the city and then the tall buildings blocked it again but you know whatever you need we need that gps poor simon yeah uh Will says the club must be somewhere around here, and Simon says, I knew we'd get lost. Thanks a lot, Neil. And Neil says, is it my fault you're a shit driver? <laughs> yeah, and Simon says, I don't want Carly to be pissed off if I'm late. Neil says, you need to grow some balls, I reckon. And Jay says, look, why don't we just pull over and ask someone where the club full of clunge is? But Neil <laughs> says, he's got Google Maps on his phone, so he should be able to find it. No problemo. Um, is this the first? Is this the first no problemo of the episode, or has he said that? No, he I think said he maybe it, he said it a couple he was times. Pissing in the can, yeah. So they're asking him not to say no, pro, pro, no problemo. Up ahead, he sees a bus stop with a queue of people waiting at it, and Simon says, "Oh, please, like, don't do it." And then there was like, "Oh," and Jay puts his head out and shouts up, "Bus wankers!" And then he's laughing, but this time. No one else in the car is laughing. Yeah, Jay wants to know why they're slowing down and there's a traffic light. And Simon says, I tried to say it. Oh, Christ, Jay. And as they look, they see these two, like, really blue-collar-looking hard guys walking from this bus stop towards the uh, towards the car. The boys just start sounding, you know, drive, drive, drive. And Simon's like, oh, my God, where am I meant to drive to? And he turns left and he pulls up onto the sidewalk and he gets blocked in by these four benches and um <laughs> will just goes anywhere but the pavement and uh at this point one of the guys he reaches in on simon's side and he just starts choking simon through the car and uh simon's like listen mate i'm sorry i'm really sorry and Blo- the guy his name is just bloke in this book or on the script is like, who's a wanker? I'm a wanker, am I? Yeah. And Simon just starts like, sorry, sorry, I'm so sorry. And uh, yeah, this scene is very funny. Yeah, and the Will just keeps saying, I'm sorry. Simon keeps saying, I'm sorry. And Simon's frantically trying to wind the window up and the guy's hand is trapped and he pulls it away and he's laughing. And he says, I'd rather be a bus wanker than drive that piece of yellow shit. And they're all clearly shaken up, but Jay says, oh, fucking hell, you can shit yourselves. <laughs> like, he's the hardest person ever. Oh, my God, this is such a Jay thing. Yeah, you two shit yourselves. And then they they look, uh, like, Simon looks mad at him and is like, what? And Jay and Neil start doing the thing where they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, please don't hurt me. Where they're, you know, they're just mocking Simon for being so scared of this guy choking him. Yeah, and this really reminded me of an occasion when uh, me and Phil hadn't been going out very long 
uh, and he was staying at my flat. He's not he's not hard or a very angry person, so this was quite out of character. And we were picking up a colleague to take her to work, and it was down like a little side road. It was a really tiny side road, and there was a, like a lorry, someone delivering something, and he'd obviously taken a wrong turn. And he like blocked up the road completely. We couldn't move. It was a nightmare. He was tooting his horn. And Phil got out and was like, the fuck are you doing, mate? Like, <laughs> blocked the whole road up. And then I was like, what are you doing? And the guy got out of his cab and they were like face to face and like shouting at each other. And it was very, very out of character for Phil. He was very annoyed. And this guy was like, he was calling him glasses. He was saying like, oh, I wouldn't hit someone with glasses. And he was like, yeah, whatever. And then the bloke turned around to get back in his lorry and Phil just went, yeah, get back in your cab, you wanker. And I thought, oh my God, he's going <laughs> to hit him in the face. And I was like, get back in the car, get back in the car. And then they got back in the car. The guy got back in his cab and he still couldn't move the lorry. So we had to sit there like not looking at him for about 10 minutes while he tried to move the lorry. It was awful. Oh my God, that is so <laughs> funny. Oh God, that is so funny. But we still refer to it as the get back in the cab moment. I've never seen him do it since. I think he learned his lesson, but... It was horrible. You know, uh, I think this is a guy thing where we have these times where we just try to be hard as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work out so great for some Yeah, and, and, and sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes it really doesn't work out that well. No, I've, I've had a couple of boyfriends who've tried, tried that. I had one who, Bob the bin burner, he, uh, he was always getting into like scuffles in pubs and it's just, don't do it. What are you trying to prove? I'm trying. I'm sure that there's times where I've usually like when I try to get or act hard, it's from the safety of my own car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the doors firmly locked. Yeah. Where I'm like, why don't you learn to drive? You stupid son of a bitch. And you know, <laughs> thankfully they can't hear me. My, um, so Sadie does impressions of everyone in the family and it's normally like <laughs> something that you say. So for me, it's pick that up, put your toys away. And for my dad, it's, get off the road, you shouldn't be driving, which is <laughs> when he shouts all the time. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm worried about what Eddie is going to say. He's going to be like, fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. And, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, don't, don't don't be that parent who has the kid turn up in there. Uh, there was a kid in sadie's class who turned up and told the teacher to fuck off and he's four <laughs> and it was like oh my god please don't be that child luckily sadie seems quite good at the moment oh that's so funny <laughs> yeah it's gonna be one of the hard things is uh you know like reminding myself that i need to censor myself around eddie so he I doesn't know. grow up it's, to have it's it's hard isn't it because i do swear fairly prolifically um but my parents always swore and I knew I was clever enough to know when it was appropriate to do it and when it wasn't do you know what I mean I think it's yeah I think you do children a disservice by completely censoring yourself I mean don't don't call other drivers a cunt do you know what I mean like there's a time and a place for, for that word but but you know otherwise I think use your discretion on the swearing from so as they're driving we hear uh, Will, and he says, you know, Simon's a good friend, but it's fair to say he drives like a idiot. But eventually, in Chinatown, just a few hundred yards from the club, we found the perfect parking spot. Well, almost perfect. Yes, um, and it's a space that's very clearly not for, for parking, and it's outside a 
a sort of gate and it's got a sign both in English and in Mandarin and it says no parking, we reserve the right to clamp release fee £200 and it's definitely no one would park in front of this like it's so obviously not for parking in. Yeah, they're they're like uh, yeah, this is uh, this is fine Simon, you know, says oh, I don't think I can park here and everybody's like no, nah, no, nah, this is fine, you can park here. Yeah, and he should, he should have gone with his instincts because this is not a good idea. Simon says, he says we're going to get clamped Jay says, no, it's the weekend, different rules. And Will says, I'm sure he's right, Simon. No one clamps anymore. Uh, and they all want to get going into the club. And Neil wants to get in there to check his knob because he thinks he's got a big problemo. <laughs> and finally, Simon just says, uh, can you stop saying problemo? It's not cool or funny. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> and uh, Jay says, don't worry, Neil. He'll say sorry in a minute. And... Uh, Simon is still kind of thinking like, uh, maybe I should move my car, but you know, Will just says, Simon, listen to me. Carly has agreed to go clubbing with you. That is a big step forward, but in the hour it takes us to find another parking spot, she could have gone off the idea. And Neil says, yeah, you know, she could be wanking off the DJ by now. (laughs) Uh, Will says, I doubt that's happening, but the point is valid. This is a great parking spot. Let's get a move on. And Jay says that they're wasting valuable boning time. And Simon says, fine, okay. And then Jay says, don't bother locking it. If you're lucky, someone might nick it, which is a joke we do all the time because my car is a piece of shit. And we are always saying, don't lock it. If we're lucky, someone might nick it. Will says, despite the odd throttling and cut penis, we made it to the club safely. And the girls seemed even pleased to see us. And there's a pretty long line outside the club. They see Carly and Simon kind of calls out to Carly. And she says, oh, I wondered where you were. And, um... Simon looks kind of surprised that she's actually there, and he says, oh, did you? You're actually here. And Simon Simon says, you weren't lying about coming here then. And Carly's like, no, uh, like, why would I lie about coming here? Yeah, what, what would be the point be? She's not quite getting it that he thinks it's just a trick. Um, Will says, great, we'll see you in there then. And Will goes to walk to the back of the queue, and Jay sort of grabs him and says, don't be a tit, just stand here. And they sort of trying to push you into the queue. And Carly says, are you joining us? And Jay says, yeah. And Simon says, I think so. But then people start getting pissed off and saying, why are you pushing into the line? <laughs> yeah, I love this. So like, why are you pushing in? And um, they start like throwing stuff. And um, Will Will starts trying to talk to Rachel. And uh, Rachel is like, clearly like very uncomfortable talking to will it's very funny if she was flirting with him before she definitely isn't now um will gets a coke can to hit on the back of the head tries not to react to it um and rachel says we've been here for a long time will says i suppose you have and jace and rachel says i just really want to get in there and dance now and will in a very unconvincing way says that yeah he just loves dancing there's something very animalistic about our need to dance (laughs) isn't there and uh, then he gets some more rubbish thrown at his head, and Rachel says, I think those lads are throwing stuff at you, um, which they quite clearly are. Yeah, Will says, I don't think so. They're probably just frustrated because they want to get inside too. They're saying, let us in. We've got bloody great dancing ants in our pants. And I just felt like this was such a Jeremy. Like, I could totally see Jeremy saying the same line. Yeah, yeah, very Jeremy. Um, and uh, the clubber says, get to the back of the queue for a prick. And Rachel says, do you mind if I stand with my back to you? Because I don't want them to think that we're together. Uh, Will says, that's fine. And in his voiceover, Will says, Rachel had the most beautiful back of the head I've ever seen. Now, all we had to do was get into the club. Um, 
And at the front of the queue, the bouncer waves Carly and her friends through. Simon's the first to follow. But the bouncer holds up his arm and stops him because of the trainers. We find out that, indeed, trainers are not allowed in this club. And no. they're all like, oh my god, are you serious? Have you ever been refused entry to a club? That would imply that I go to clubs frequently enough to be refused entry. <laughs> well, I don't anymore, but I used to go to clubs a lot. And I have been refused entry because my ID was dodgy which it was i wasn't 18 and <laughs> another time because i my, i didn't have my id or they didn't accept the id that i had i needed to bring a driver's license or a passport and i only had my university card which they didn't accept um, but most of the time when i was younger i was with a with bit bob the bin burning guy was much older than me so people tended to think i was older than i was because why would you be with a 31 year old man like it was a bit odd, so I didn't have that much trouble getting into clubs when I was with him. Yeah. Um, no, I've never been banned from a club, or uh, refused entry to a club before. Uh, I have been with a group of people that were kicked out of a club, but never... <laughs> what did never, they do uh, to get kicked out of the club? I was in the military. My best friends were all in special forces, and so I, I know that probably for, like, the vast majority of people that doesn't really like mean anything but guys who are in the special forces have a very different mindset than kind of rank and file normal yeah quote unquote people me and my friends had gone to a, a club in colorado and he was dancing with this girl who he ended up marrying and a guy came over and was like hey buddy like you need to fuck off i was with this girl first and you know, my, my friend was like, oh, you know, hey, hey, man, like, we're just having a good time here. Like, you know, like, calm down a little bit. And uh, he did not take that very well. And so he punched my friend in the face, broke his nose. Jesus. My, yeah, yeah. So he's bleeding all over his new shirt. I'm, like, standing there going, like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? But then his two other friends just start pummeling the fuck out of this guy for... Daring to punch, you know, our friend in his in his face, and so they start just pummeling the fuck out of him. Jesus! To the point where, like, yeah, the bouncers come over and they're like, "Okay, you guys, you guys need to go." And I'm like trying to help John, and um, you know, our two other friends are taking swings at this guy, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, you guys, you guys need to fuck off and get out of here." And as John is leaving, the girl gives him uh, her number and is like, "Yeah, call me sometime. You're pretty cute." And yeah. As we were driving wow. home, my friend was like, oh my god, my nose is broken, and I bled all over my shirt, but I met a pretty hot girl. Ten years later, they would get married. <laughs> That's nuts. That's crazy. That put you off clubs for life. Uh, no, no, we still went out after that. So I've got a habit of when I'm very drunk of just disappearing, like I do this a lot, and <laughs> I remember one club night just getting in a cab and not telling anyone, and then they all thought I'd been kidnapped. But I do that. I did, I did it most recently, about two years ago, went out with my antenatal group at Christmas, just got hammered drunk and was in the toilet and just thought, oh my God, I've got to get home. And just went and got a cab and everyone was like, where the fuck has she gone? <laughs> <laughs> and then that was, I got pregnant with Esther, or I, w I was pregnant with Esther at that point, but didn't know, like I hadn't missed my period. It was about two weeks later that I found out I was pregnant. 
and all of the all of the girls in my natal class were saying, "Oh, I bet she was conceived that night." And it was like, mate, I couldn't t- untie my own shoes. Like, if I if she was conceived that night, it wouldn't have been legal. I did not know what way was up. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> she definitely wasn't conceived that night. I was basically in a coma. Yeah, like Nicole doesn't drink very much, but about a year ago, we went out for my like a Christmas party, and Nicole just got absolutely hammered hammered drunk like the most drunk i have ever seen her in the entire time like the almost 10 years i've known her and you know she was like slurring her words and you know she was like you're so handsome you're so <laughs> handsome and i was like oh thank you sweet pea <laughs> yeah it's i think it's, it's worse as well when you um don't get don't you drink so much like obviously when I was a student I was pissed up all the time but because I don't drink so much now I still think I, I'm hard and can drink as much as I did when I was when I was younger and I definitely can't the other night I decided to get drunk on uh eggnog and bourbon so that was pretty fun oh eggnog is filth I don't know how you can drink that it's horrible it's nasty this podcast is over this podcast <laughs> is over it's horrible why would you drink Egg is nasty. I don't mind the occasional snowball, but no, not for me. Yeah, well, we'll just agree to disagree. <laughs> you know, it's okay that you're wrong about some things. <laughs> Jesus Christ, where are we? Where are we? In um, this fucking book. So, yeah, so uh, the bouncer has refused entry to Simon because of the trainers. He says they're new. Yes. The bouncer says, don't care, no trainers. And Simon looks at Carly and says, I'll see you in a minute. And... Neil says, well, that's us fuck then. And Simon says, I take it you don't know that bouncer then. And Jay says, what's this got to do with me? I'm not the one wearing trainers. Um, Will says he's completely in there with Rachel, which he definitely isn't. Um, And Simon sees a tramp rifling through the bins. He's clearly a bit mental because he's shouting at the bins. And Will says, don't do this. And he says, I'm going to level with you. I'm scared. London scares me. The bouncer scares me. And that man really scares me. Let's just put this one down as another character forming experience and go home. And Simon says, no, I'm going to do it for Carly. It's love. It's romantic. And Will says, yeah, it's not quite Romeo and Juliet though, is it? These are old tramp shoes we're talking about. Um, and Simon asks the tramp for his shoes and the tramp <laughs> is understandably confused. Uh, he says, I want to borrow your shoes because I'm trying to impress the girl. And the tramp says, yeah, if you give us a blowjob. And Simon says, what? And the tramp says, I'll give you a blowjob. And Simon says, God, no, no blowjobs. I just want your shoes. And the tramp says, fine, for 20 quid. And he holds out his hand. Simon gives him the money. And we see these shoes. And they are just appalling and wet by the sound of it. Yeah, they're really grim. Uh, And Will says in his voiceover, good old Simon. I could always rely on him to add a touch of glass to proceedings. In many ways, though, it proved how much he valued Carly, certainly more than he valued his dignity. Yeah, and then we get this great scene where Simon puts the shoes on and he just says, uh, they're a bit wet. And the tramp just says, aye, that'll be my piss. And Simon just says, okay, thanks. And in voiceover, Will says, I'm not saying it was a dodgy club, but you have to question a door policy that says no to trainers, but a big thumbs up to a piss-soaked tramp shoes. And so he's got now, a point there, hasn't he, really? Yeah. So now, here we are. We are finally here. They are inside the club. Jay has died and gone to clunge heaven. <laughs> uh, everybody's all, like, 
excited and Will says, yes, this is what we wanted. This is it. The first day of the rest of our lives. Jay says, this is one small step for man, one giant leap for your flippers. <laughs> Will, um, says, Will tells Jay he won't be laughing when we pull Carly and Rachel. And Jay says, no, I won't because it ain't going to happen. Right. You can spend your evening talking to little girls. Me and Neil are going to find ourselves some proper women with experience snatches. And Will says, good luck with that. Just so you know, I think the Tower of London is closed now. <laughs> and then this part reminded me of some of the best advice I ever got in my entire life, which is there's no pussy in a posse. So I like that they <laughs> I like that they all split up. Yeah, they go you know? they go their separate ways to try and get the clunge. Um Yeah. There we then see Simon and Will who are watching Carly on her own at the bar. Rachel is nowhere to be seen. Simon says, There she is, how do I look? And Will says, Yeah, you look good. Uh Simon says, where's Rachel? And Will says, don't worry, she's keen. I'm sure she'll find me. Away you go. Simon says, wish me luck. And he goes off to talk to Carly. And she's surprised to see him because she thought that he got turned away. She's like, oh, hey, look, this is my buddy Adam. And, you know, nice gentleman comes over. And you could tell Simon is, like, a little unhappy about uh, an interloper, so to speak. And Adam just says, can you guys smell piss? And... <laughs> Carly's like, ooh, yeah, it's totally rank. And Adam kind of saves the day here and says, oh, it must be the toilets. We should move. And Simon says, yeah, that's a good idea. And then all three of them uh, head out. Yes. And this is a problem now with the smoking ban is you really can smell the toilet sometimes. So, you know, it's a valid point. Unfortunately, the smell is Simon and it's coming with them. Yeah, it was it was weird because like after the smoking ban came into effect, it was weird just like how rank some of these places are and you just never never knew it no they they properly sting yeah yeah they do (laughs) neil and jay head downstairs in the voiceover we have will says meanwhile jay and neil headed downstairs to discuss the nuances of sexual politics and this totally reminded me of the uh scene in um peep show where jeremy's like she's got a vagina (laughs) she's got a vagina (laughs) yeah exactly that um and they're just talking about, they're really objectifying these women, talking about what they do to them, how they do it from behind. Jay says, oh, she'd get it until it fell off. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Neil says, oh, God, she's giving me a boner and my cock's hurting worse than ever. I better go and check it out. And Will says he might, um, sorry, Jay says he might not be there when we get back because that one keeps giving me the I'm going to milk the balls dry look. Um, the girl's clearly oblivious to Jay. Uh, so Jay stands alone, sort of nodding his head to the music and we cut to the male toilets where Neil is at the urinal inspecting his cock and in the voiceover Will says and in the toilets Neil had a very big problemo with his cock and it's clearly something quite wrong with it people were coming in to use the urinal but they're sort of confused as to what's going on they think maybe he's having a wank so they leave oh god this part's so funny because he's standing in front of the toilet and he's just like oh Ah, uh, oh, uh, oh, oh, uh. I mean, Neil, unfortunately, I feel like kind of the last half of this episode, he doesn't have much to do, but the stuff that he does do is pretty damn funny. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Um, we then cut to the private room of the nightclub where Will, in voiceover, it says he's having his own difficulties in the cock department because Rachel was sitting next to one. He's tracked down Rachel and she's chatting and laughing with this other guy. 
Uh, Will says, Rachel, there you are, I found you, ready to put on your dancing shoes. And Rachel just said that she's clearly not interested. She's like, mm, that's good. He introduces himself to the other guy, says he's Will, he says he's Dean. And Will says, do you come here often, Dean? And Dean says, quite wittily, I bet you say that to all the girls. Um, and Will is just clearly very, very annoyed with this situation. Oh my God, he you could tell like Will is getting... Like more and more progressively mad, and he is like, "Well, nice to meet you, Dean, but we're off." And Rachel's just was like, "No, no, I'm good." And <laughs> Will keeps trying to get Rachel to leave, but she doesn't want to leave. And um, Will finally just levels with Dean, and he says, "Look, come on, mate, you've had a good run. Believe me, if I was in your shoes and I saw a gorgeous girl sitting on her own, I'd have made the move. But I'm here now, so." And Dean just, you know. Stops him and says, so what? <laughs> and uh, Will says, so do the honorable thing and step aside because I was with her first. And Rachel just says, no, no, you weren't. Uh, yeah, Dean says, this guy for real, he talks like he's from a black and white film. And Will says to Rachel, I was in with you, like I'm stood with you in the queue. Rachel says, you were behind me. Will says, well, I'm all beside you. And you specifically asked me to come along tonight. I've got witnesses. And Rachel says, I think you've got the wrong end of the stick here. And Will says, evidently, so that's it, is it? Shall I just go away and leave you to it? And Rachel says, yes. And Will says, fine, that's the last you'll see of me. Thanks, Dean, thanks a lot. And he storms off. We get another voiceover from Will, and he says, I was starting to go off Rachel, but she wasn't really my type. <laughs> Elsewhere, my friends were faring no better. Uh, Carly, Adam, and Simon are still trying to figure out where the piss smell is coming from. Carly says, Simon, I'm not being rude, but I think that the smell might be you. <laughs> And Simon says, right, these shoes do kick up a bit. And you could see Carly looks down at Simon's shoes and for the first time realizes there's something very wrong with Simon's shoes. Yeah, she says, what the fuck Carly... is on your feet? <laughs> yeah. And Simon says, they're not my shoes. I had to borrow them to get in. And Carly says, who brings spare shoes to a nightclub? And Simon says, no, I swapped them with the bloke outside the, the club. And Carly says, what, the tramp? And Simon says, I think you're supposed to say homeless now. <laughs> <laughs> and Carly says, so you're wearing a tramp shoes. And Adam says, that's weird. And Simon hasn't really got a comeback for it because it's really weird. It is It is weird. Jay busts into the urinal and Neil is still kind of like, oh, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> and Jay wants to know why Neil is taking so long. And Neil says, oh, mate, it's not good. Get us some bog roll. It's bleeding. Look. And Jay does not want to look at Neil's penis. Uh Jay tells Neil to put it away. Neil says he can't. It stings when it rubs his pants. And Jay says, well, just take your pants off. Uh, then it'll... Oh, my God. I totally forget that you guys fucking call underwear pants. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, he's talking about his underwear. Yeah, I was so confused in the scene until just now when I... <laughs> reading it out loud, I was like, okay, he just told him to take his pants off. So why is he telling him to take his jeans off now, <laughs> fucking weirdo? Um, and... Jay says, no matter what your old man says, you can't walk around London with your knob hanging out. And as they stand there facing each other, two bouncers come into the toilets and they go to grab them and march them out. And Neil says, what? I didn't do anything. I wasn't doing anything. Um, I did think the obvious way to, to solve this was to wrap it in toilet roll, like a bandage, like as much toilet roll as you could get around it. Yeah. Oh, that would have been funny. And then it would have looked like he had a, just a gigantic <laughs> dick. Yeah. That would stop him from rubbing. Um, so we then go back to the main bar and Will says, so she's talking to Simon, says she didn't see the romantic intention behind the tramp shoes. And Simon says, not immediately, but if that prick Adam hadn't been there, it would have been different. 
Will says, to be fair, the smell is appalling. And Simon says, you don't have to tell me. I'm breathing through my mouth. What happened with Rachel? Will says, oh, just the usual. It was all going quite well. And then she realised that I'm a massive dickhead and she pulled some other bloke. And they're all sort of, oh, this has been shit. Shall we go? They see Jay and Neil being dragged outside by the bouncers. Neil shouting, I wasn't wanking. My cock's cut, my cock's cut. And Will says in voiceover, so we were chucked out of the club. The actual club chucked us out exactly 25 minutes after it started. Our life as cool London clubbers was over. Uh, that was pretty funny. I love I love the way Neil is, is incredulous to the last, saying that he's not been wanking. <laughs> I know, it's like... Yeah, that was great. I, I've not been winking. My cock's cut. My cock's cut. <laughs> um, so the boys, like, they walk, they start walking back out. And uh, Neil says, I don't know. All I was doing, I was looking at the cut on my cock. Jay was helping me out. And this just makes Will and, and Simon laugh even harder. And uh, Will's just like, oh, sorry, Jay was helping you out? <laughs> It sounds like you were watching Neil wank in the toilets. And Neil says he wasn't wanking, he was just rolling it around in his hands. And Will's like, oh, spare us the details. Simon then says, oh, God, what if Carly's getting off with that bloke? And Jay says, don't cry, so at least you can get your trainers back. And as the tramp, they see the tramp, and as he comes closer, you can see that he's got the trainers on and they are fucked, covered in mud, shit, who knows, but he has destroyed them. And Simon is like, how the hell have you done that? And the tramp says, what? And Simon is like, you've only had them an hour. And Neil says, maybe he's been out. And Will says, well, technically he's always out. And Simon <laughs> says, right, that's it. Let's go. I've had enough standing sober in an alleyway, stinking of piss and wearing tramp shoes. Wasn't what I had planned for this evening. And Will wants to know, out of interest, did you think it would go better or worse than this? And then in voiceover, Will says, so the night was over and all he wanted to do now was get back into Simon's shit car and go home. Yep, and we see them in the alleyway in Soho where they left their car and it has been clamped to fuck. It has got a massive yellow clamp on it. So I actually did have a similar experience to this. I went to a concert with a guy who I desperately, like, I was really, like, wanted to be friends with this guy. Yeah. And I knew that there was a, a band that we both liked and that band was in town. And so I was like, hey, dude, we should go to this concert together. He was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's fine. And so we drove up to this club, and there's like an apartment complex, like right by this club. And I've parked in this apartment complex before to go to this this club. And uh, but this time they had apparently put up a no parking sign, and I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. I park here all the time. And then when we came out, my car was towed, and then we had to spend the night in Denver, and then we had to fuck around in Denver for like six hours the next day until we could get to the impound lot to get my car <laughs> that's pretty funny I've, I've never like driven to a gig or anything apart from we drove to see Coldplay uh, at the Emirates but there was actual assigned parking so otherwise just get the tube it's easier maybe if there was public transportation in the Midwest I wouldn't have had to drive no <laughs> Uh, they haven't got enough money between them to sort it out so Will says I'm really sorry but you're going to have to uh, call your dad and Simon says it's one o'clock in the morning he's going to go fucking mental I told him I was staying at Neil's and Simon says please unlock the car because I'm freezing uh, and Will says he loves you I'm sure he'd rather come and get you than see you suffer so Simon starts to ring his dad 
and we hear Simon's half of the conversation where he says, Dad, it's Simon. Don't panic. Nothing's wrong. Just calm down. No, I'm not dead. What if I'm dead? How can I be calling you? And uh, just then the hard looking bloke comes out from behind the gates that they're parked in front of. He says, oh, you owe me £200. And Simon says to his dad, he'll call him back. Um, Will tries to be reasonable. He says, I'm sure that you're aware private charging is illegal. In addition to that, it is the weekend. And the Chinese man says, I couldn't get my fucking van out. Um, Simon says, I've just called my dad. And the Chinese man says, I couldn't give a fuck. £200 now. Simon panics. He and Will get into the car and lock the doors. Jay and Neil are in the back. And they just keep saying, we haven't got the money. And the guy is just shouting, £200 are like shaking the car. This part makes me laugh so damn hard. This part is so funny. I love that their reaction is to lock themselves in the car because that's exactly what I would do as well. Yeah. No (laughs) kidding, right? And this this Chinese guy is like, you made me miss all my (laughs) fucking deliveries. And he's just hitting the car and he's just yelling, 200 pounds, 200 pounds. They see Carly, Adam, Rachel, and Dean walking by and uh, Simon kind of rolls the window down a little bit and he just shouts out you know like hey carly did you still want to ride and carly's like she assesses the situation and she's like uh oh, no i'm fine <laughs> and the man is still doing, rocking the car saying i want my fucking money now i'll fucking kill you unless you give me 200 pounds <laughs> and it's just horrible and simon then shouts out to carly great i'll see you on monday and simon says in his voiceover so we had successfully reinvented ourselves but not as the boys who go clubbing oh no we were now the boys who freaked out girls, apologized a lot, yep. wore tramp shoes, and wanked in public toilets. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Neil says, Neil ends the episode by saying, I think we've got a big problemo. <laughs> and Simon's just like, just please shut up, Neil. <laughs> and then Jay helpfully suggests, maybe you should just try saying sorry over and over. Oh, sorry for parking like a knob. And Simon's like, just fuck off. <laughs> And with that, we finished what is now my favorite episode of the series. Is it? Really it's a really, it's such a good one. I really like that one. And I think it really encapsulates how shit clubbing is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's people that enjoy it, but uh, holy shit, I just, it is not for me. Those people are on drugs, though. I, I, I fail to believe that anyone has ever enjoyed a club not in a very altered state, whether that be through drugs or drinking heavily. Yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to really be fucked up at a club to yeah, enjoy it. To enjoy any aspect of it. I um, We had one in, so where I went to university, had a, a club that was like for the students. And students mainly went there. And I don't remember an occasion where I was anything short of really fucking off my tears going in there. Are, are EDM festivals like a thing over there? What's that? No, I don't think so. Or we call it something different. Like like the techno dance music? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, okay, so there's one here in America called the Electric Daisy Carnival or some shit like that. Mm. And I know a guy that goes to it, like, every year, and he's just like, oh, man, I just dance for, like, three, four days straight. And I'm like, dude, what kind of, like, drugs are you taking that you're able to dance for three or four days straight without sleeping like i'd be dead after like six hours my friend christine she's australian so i'm gonna say that's why she can do it but she um she could do that she's 
a machine and I don't know how she manages it to just she's older than me now she's like 36 37 and she can still go all night long probably all day long <laughs> yeah I think I've told you about the uh, girl that I know that just turned she's like 22 and she just goes out like oh, every work. night yeah 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 she still she was telling me the other day she's like man I think I I think I gotta slow down a little bit because uh, it's starting to catch up to me, and I'm like, Christ, you're 22. Like, enjoy it while you can. Yeah, that's the, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's what you do when you're 22, and you just haven't got the <laughs> the stamina to do it anymore. Yeah. There's a great well, uh, club in London that I've been to a few times. That's like the Misery Disco, and they play like indie stuff, and it's really good. It's like the antithesis of a club. And um, that's really good. I like I like a subverted club, but I'm not going to be going clubbing ever again, I don't think. I think those days are over for me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I agree with you. My my clubbing days have been over for since I was like 25. I can't remember the last time I went in a club. I'm just trying to think. Oh, I do. So me and Phil went to Rock City in Nottingham when we were first married. So about five years ago was the last time I was in a club. Yeah, I think the last time I went clubbing was in 2009, 2008, I bet. Wow, 10 years ago. Yeah, we had this like uh, cool, trendy place called the Power and Light District that opened up. And um, uh, myself and my girlfriend at the time went there and we went to one of the clubs in there and I was there for like an hour and I was like, okay, yeah, this fucking sucks. <laughs> Enough of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm okay. I'm okay with, uh, you know, paying my $20, having a few drinks and then just getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. So, well, uh, so since it's been a while, I'm assuming that we have a lot of stuff to non uh, in betweener stuff to talk about. Yes, what have um, you been watching, listening to? Yeah, so I watched. Uh, well, Limetown finished up, and that was cool. Like it was a little weird, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I watched Bird Box and Bandersnatch, as well as I watched the first couple episodes of Homecoming and the first couple episodes of Man in a High Castle. Uh, what did you think of Bird Box? Because everyone's going mental for it. Uh, I enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, I was really blown away by how good the cast was. Like, yes, yeah, they man, were good. The very like top notch cast. Uh, I thought it was cool. Like I was glad that you never really got to see the monsters. Yeah, it was sort of hidden. We watched it Christmas night and enjoyed it. I mean, we thought we thought that the blindfolds were a bit gimmicky but sort of got on board with it, did like it a lot. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Like, uh, it was like a quiet place, except a blind place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and we also, the girl from Dumplin was in it, which we'd watched the night before. So it was like a, a it, was a, it was good to see her in that. And I really enjoyed that. That's worth a watch. It's on Netflix. Oh, I was going to ask how Dumplin' was because that was in my queue to watch as well. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit dopey, and it's a bit, it's a bit like it's just a feel-good, silly film, but it's it is good, and there's a lot of Dolly Parton songs in it, and I think you can't fail to sort of smile at it. It's it's not a fantastic piece of cinema, but it is quite good. Ah, cool! I'll have to check that out. Yeah, 
Um, I really dug. I really dug Homecoming. You'd watch that, right? Yes, with Gina Roberts. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. I watched the first three episodes of Homecoming, and I'm interested to watch more of it. It's good because they're short, so you can sort of get through them quite easily. They're not full hour. You don't have to commit to to too long to watch the whole thing. Yeah, it was cool. Um, what did you think of the Black Mirror Bandersnatch? For a start, what's going on? Like, when are we going to get Series 5? Do you think this is Series 5, or do you think they're going to drop Series 5 on us soon? I think Series 5 is going to come out soon. It, it has to be. I mean, like, the show's successful enough, and with Netflix backing it, I mean, I think it's only a matter of time before we get something from those guys. Yeah, it's got to be coming. But what did you think of Bandersnatch? I thought the presentation was neat. I didn't necessarily think the story, like, as much as there's... I mean, there's so many different, you know, stories as it... So first, I guess we should probably set this up. So this is a choose-your-own-adventure movie. And at various points during the movie, you're presented with two, um, you know, possible outcomes. And you can choose whichever outcome you want. And it's really incredible because there's no, like, loading time. There's no, you know... It's crazy. There's no, like, gap anywhere. No, it just, like, seamlessly... seamlessly flows. Um, could you watch it on your TV, or did you have to watch it somewhere else? Uh, so, I could not watch it on my TV, but I ended up using my PlayStation 4 to watch it there. Right, yeah, we couldn't watch it on our TV either, but we um, we managed to hook our tablet up to the TV, so we used it that way. Um, or, actually, it was Sadie's tablet. But um, it was a bit annoying that you, we couldn't watch it initially on the tv on now fire tv um yeah I, I what i did like though was that you got the little montage of <laughs> oh, all the stories yeah <laughs> um i agree with you that as an episode of black mirror it wasn't the most compelling episode of black mirror um i you know i've been watching it from the start and i, I really like black mirror and it wasn't the story wasn't one of those ones that i thought oh yeah i'm gonna walk away from this is this is gonna haunt me but i thought it was clever the way they did it and i enjoyed the various outcomes i guess we should warn spoilers as we're going to talk about it but what was the first outcome that you came to because i was letting phil do it and he was making all the wrong choices so we ended up having quite a quick ending and i was like we're going to go back now yeah so the first one that i got was the one where you get the job with the company and then the game is terrible yeah that's what we did too yeah um nicole and i we were kind of obsessed with getting the five star yeah, review. Yeah. But then the five star review comes with like a very heavy price. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. So the, eventually we got to the one where he dies in the therapy, but the game gets yeah. a five star review. Um, Phil, <laughs> Phil was intent initially with throwing Simon off the balcony and then wanted to yep. throw uh, the Stefan off the balcony as well. Yeah. We did the same thing. Yeah. Um, which obviously ends in his death. But we did eventually get the five-star review. Um, apparently, I was reading on Reddit, there are five hours of possible footage. You could We sat there for about two and a half hours, but apparently there is five hours of footage in there. And there were a couple of endings that I didn't see, but I read about on Reddit. So I'm definitely going to give it another go and see if I can make it go a different way. Yeah, Reddit has a really good spreadsheet, uh, or not a spreadsheet, rather, like but a, a flowchart. Like a flowchart, yeah, of how you get to all the places. Um, I did enjoy the performances, of, particularly of the father. I thought the father was very good. He um, He's in Line of Duty and was very good. At, well, he was in Line of Duty. He's dead in it now. He was very good in Line of Duty. But like I say, I just think 
not the most compelling episode of Black Mirror ever, but such a good idea and really opens up like, is this what entertainment is going to be like in the future? Yeah, I mean, from a technical perspective, it is incredible. Yeah. And when I say that that the loading between choices is seamless, it is, like, non-existent. I mean, you, it feels like you're just watching one movie. It's really incredible. Yeah, and it really kind of opens the door of there's so many ways this could go and make entertainment so different in the way that we're consuming television. And I just, I'm so pleased that it's Charlie Brooker who's at the the forefront of this because he's so talented. He was such so talented writer, and until uh, Black Mirror got picked up by Netflix, I don't think he was getting the recognition he deserves. But to to imagine that, write that, and be able to like have all these different endings, and I would love to see how he started it and the flowchart that he must have had to to write that story. Yeah. Yeah, it was really incredible. It, it uh, the only th- my only complaint about it though was that I felt like that it got really meta at some points. Um, in, in what way? Oh, uh, like when when uh, uh, Steph Stefan would be like, "I don't feel like I'm in control of myself." Oh yeah, I feel like somebody else is. Yeah, that was a bit telling daft. To- and I didn't when you know when you had to put the number in did you get to that ending wait i thought that was a bit silly and i totally fucked up the phone number (laughs) no we got it we got the phone number but i thought oh this is a bit daft now and i thought if they were going to go down that road they should have got us as the audience more involved but clearly the technology doesn't exist to quite do that yet do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but yeah i I really enjoyed the ending where um did you get the one where he got in the fight with the therapist (laughs) yeah yeah and the options were yes or fuck yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah i really enjoyed that part where it was like yeah or yes or fuck yeah and i was like oh i know which one i'm going with did you get to the bit where he he jumps out of the window and goes out of character and you see that he's filming it from the, after the fight oh yes yeah, yeah i did yeah that bit was good as well i mean it was it was silly i liked it more than phil did phil said it was gimmicky and he wasn't completely he wasn't as enthralled by it as I was, but I just thought it was such a clever concept that you could not get engaged with it. Yeah, I, I think that Nicole really liked it too, for the most part. But then when we spent like probably about maybe half hour, forty minutes, just kind of trying to work through the various endings, and we were trying to get an ending where we didn't kill Dad, but that we still had like a five star rating yeah. on the game, and it just doesn't exist. Yeah, I don't think it's true. And also, I thought it was very clever that the story sort of looped. So at the beginning, you realise that the dog is digging up the garden because in some reality the body's already there and it was like all oh, that fuck with my mind that was really that was proper black mirror stuff yeah when we selected the option to bury the body i go i go well this is not going to end well because i bet the dog is going to dig the garden up <laughs> yeah. and then like sure enough he he fucking did yeah but yeah it's so clever and i can't wait for for more black mirror because they are always thought-provoking and just brilliant um, and last series was great, so I just want it to drop now. I'm hoping it drops on New Year's Eve so that we can spend New Year's Eve watching it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I thought it was a cool concept. Uh, you know, I could almost see, like, going to a movie theater and you're given, you know, like... A, like a headset, like a virtual reality. No, not like that, but the, 
everybody in the audience gets like a button that either says A or B. Oh, and like vote for it. Yeah. 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 I could see something like that being fun. Yeah, that would be cool. I do think this is going to be the future. Yeah, it was really interesting how they did it, and I would really like to know more of the behind the scenes of it. Yeah, I mean, Reddit is absolutely jam-packed with information, and I'm sure that there is information out there. I read an interview with Charlie Brooker um, and Annabelle Jones after I'd seen it, and I just, yeah, I think it's a vision. He's a, they're visionaries, and I think that this is a visionary piece of TV. And even if you're not particularly interested in Black Mirror, I think, if you've got Netflix, you should go and do it just because it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have recommended it to everybody that I talked to. Yeah, I told my mum she had to watch it, and she was like, loved it. Thought it was, thought it was brilliant. <laughs> I was really bummed because I went to go watch the um, Watership Down, and Nicole was like, "No, we're not fucking watching Watership <laughs> Down." I tell you what is great on iPlayer that you should watch is. Uh, it's called Click and Collect, and it's got uh, Mia Chowdhury from Black Mirror in it, and Stephen Merchant is very funny. It's a bit silly, but it's very funny. It's quite a light-hearted little Christmas thing. It's an hour, and it's about a man who is going to desperate lengths to get the, a toy for his daughter's Christmas present. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's, it's dopey, but we watched it on Christmas night after Bird Box, and it was really making us laugh. <laughs> All right. Well, I unfortunately have to get going. Go but to work. Poor you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. So okay, I have well. missed talking to you. I've missed talking to you, friend. I am glad that you are back in the realm of the living. Yeah, and I don't sound like a stroke victim anymore with my packed, my packed gum. I sound normal enough. I know. Poor Laura sent sent me a text. It was like probably four in the morning for her, so it was like ten o'clock at night for me. And she's like, "Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be able to <laughs> record tomorrow because I just had like a filling fall out of my tooth and I'm in a shitload of pain." And I'm like, "Oh my okay. god, that really sucks." <laughs> yeah. So sorry about that, but hey, I'm back in some some sort of health down i'm not too bad you know plus it's the holidays so it was nice not to have to worry about a podcast during the yeah, holidays exactly but you know we're back now yeah the bitch is back the bitch is back yeah and i'm still watching the american office by the way me and phil are, we, we, we're still plowing through that we're in season seven now oh yeah how is it yeah it's all right we, we like it i mean we agree that it's silly and we've got our friends are watching it as well and then um, we were talking about it and you know, it's a bit like a McDonald's. It's not, it's not genius. It's not satisfying in the way like a proper meal is, but it's enjoyable. Has uh, Stephen Carell left the show? He's yet? about to leave at the end of this series, so we'll see if it's worth watching after that. Because I hear it went downhill somewhat. Yeah. Well, you know. We'll who see. Yeah. 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 So. Cool. All right. All well, right. Well, you have a great day, and we will be back next week. Next week. <laughs> next week with duke of edinburgh yeah. did i say that right uh edinburgh duke of edinburgh yeah it was close enough edinburgh 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 <laughs> all cool. right all right see you soon have a great day bus wankers <laughs> bye bye